This is Motley Fool Money. Welcome to Motley Fool Money, the podcast that is nothing if not quotable. I'm the ever quotable Scott Phillips. I'm joined by the even more ever quotable Andrew Ram Page. How are you, mate? I'm very good. Perhaps misquotable is a, a better <laughs> introduction given how I bugger up the names every time we try and do a quote. Well, we're quotable. We don't necessarily quote other people well. That's the well, you know, it's all about us. That's the thing. Let's be honest. I mean, I you get know. you. I get you. Well, other people have said some stuff. We'll happily improve on it because that's no, I'm kidding. Uh, we do try and, well, yeah. The amount of research we do in this podcast probably not justified uh, by the ability to quote stuff. But this podcast, mate, we are going to do all quotes all the time. This is our second last pre recorded podcast for January. We are back with you live ish next week. But we wanted to put a couple of podcasts in the can because, as I've said before, our audio gurus at the Listener uh, Organisation, part of Southern Cross Osterio, hey, Link is on leave. Link is a guru. He does a fantastic job making us sound a little less unlistenable. I'm not sure I could, you know, you can't do miracles, but he's doing his best um, and making us sound good. He's taking some leave and he's well-deserved too. So he threw some in the can to get us through the month of January. We wanted to make sure you had a podcast every Friday, every Sunday, right through the holiday season. Uh, so this is our last pre-recorded Friday episode. We pre-recorded the one that's coming up for you on Sunday as well, and then we're back next week. Mate, um, we are going to do quotes this time because, you know, it's one of those things I – speaking of quotes, I'm going to start with a quote, which is not the quote I, I expected, but um, Sir Isaac Newton famously said a lot of things, but he famously said, if I have seen father, it is by standing on the shoulders of giants. And I have said for a very, very, very long time, there is little that's new in investing. You know, investing businesses, investing companies, investors themselves, analysts, uh, we all are tempted to try and believe we've discovered some sort of miracle idea, right? And the reality is there is nothing new in investing. There really, really, really isn't. There are different companies. There are different industries. There are different business realities. The idea of investing, the concept hasn't changed since Ben Graham codified in 1940. You can go about them different ways. In theory, the emergence of so-called growth investing is a new twist on that. But mate, the amount of new, genuinely new stuff that comes up in investing in a given year, let alone every half decade, decade, or twenty years, I, you know, the 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 appreciation of, of software as a service is probably reasonably new. Could probably genuinely considered a kind of post dot com breakthrough. Other than that, has there been anything genuinely new in investing in the last twenty five no, years? No, even with that, I mean, the same, the big picture stuff is is yep. eternal. You know, yep. so even before Graham, like I'm sure there are people in ancient <laughs> Egypt. <laughs> That's right. Making, maybe not through a, a boss and in the same kind of way that we do, but I mean, it's really just making a bet on the future. Yeah. Yep. Bet, yep. bet makes it sound more speculative than it should should merit, but you know, it, it's what it's what you're doing. And uh, when you really take that idea seriously, I mean, how do I mm. honestly start going about that kind of stuff? There's there's a few really big ideas that just whether it's something where the cash flow is all way out in the future, whether it's a subscription model, whether it's a service, whether it's a mm-hmm. physical good, wh- mm-hmm. whatever it is, the idea is is that whatever dollars go out the door comes back mm-hmm. in greater volumes in the future. <laughs> and and going about that, I think. There, yes, there's a lot of little lots, lots and lots of wrinkles, lots of different nuances, lots of different takes, but the big ideas they're, they're eternal. And so that's why we thought, and that's you know, so look, you know, if if you want to try and impress people, you try and invent new stuff all the time, and, and show how clever you are by coming up with new stuff. If you're less ego driven and a little bit smarter, uh, and a little bit more temperamentally sound, as we said last week, you realise that most of what's needed has already been said or done. And so time spent reading and actually understanding what people have already discovered. You know, it's like mistakes, right? They say life's too short to make your own mistakes. Learn from others. The same is true of successes. 
Life is way too short of trying to learn from first principles the best way to do anything. Can you imagine, mm. imagine trying to come up with E equals MC squared from first principles? <laughs> or you could just kind of go... Oh, no, Einstein's done that. I've had, it expl- I've had it explained to me, mate, and I still can't work it out, so yeah. <laughs> but but uh, every scientist doesn't say, so I want to I want to study science. Let me ignore every single text that's been written by all these great people. Let me try and discover the universe's origins by myself. Of course you don't do that. It's crazy. And there's so many investors trying to discover their favourite way, their brand new way, their key insights. It's just, it's just not very smart. So I think, and I think you think, that learning from others is important and quotes are one of the great ways to do it because if you can have something quoted, X years after you said it, it was probably pithy, it was probably useful, it's probably right, and it's probably worth learning from. And so that's what we're going to do in this podcast episode, Matt. We're going to list out uh, three, four, five, six of our favourite quotes about investing to just help, hopefully, you take some little nuggets away as you continue your investing into this January, into this year, that you can hopefully learn from, that you can hopefully use to improve you're investing a lot in 2022 and beyond. Mate, let's kick off with your first quote. Hit us with the quote. Hit us with who said it and tell us why it's important. Well, mate, you know that it was always going to be a Buffett quote. In here, so I figure let's just, <laughs> let's just get that over and done with, right? And it, even even trying to choose one or two uh-huh. quotes from Buffett is a, is yep. a diabolically hard thing to do because the, yep. the man yep. is so damn quotable. Yep. Um, but I thought I'd go with his uh, investing is simple but not easy. Quote. Oh, okay. And it's it's really nice. And like a lot of Buffett quotes, it probably takes a little bit of unpacking. It sounds like a bit like an oxymoron. So it's simple, it's but, simple not easy, okay. but but yep. it's not easy. And I think what he's really getting at there is this idea that, as we said it right at the top here, mm. the, the big ideas with investing they then they're not hard like to grasp mm. in terms of what it is you're trying to do, the general tri- types of things that you should try to be work out there. They are really easy. Mm. You could explain mm. it to a twelve year old and they would get it. You know, maybe I could paraphrase enough by just sort of saying buy a part ownership in a really great company whose earnings are likely to be materially higher in the future. And that's it. That's that's the idea. And buy and pay a sensible price. That that's so simple as a concept. Right. Yeah, exactly. You know, but it does do a great disservice because mm-hmm. this is one of the sort of bad things about all these Buffett quotes, because it just makes it sound, oh, it's just, you just have to do this, be be greedy when others are fearful and fearful when others are greedy and all, all this other kind of stuff. Actually, investing is damn hard. It is really, really hard. Um, uh, and probably even harder today than it ever has been because there's just so much information out there and the competition is so stiff and efficient markets being efficient markets really sort of arbitrate Relatively. like more and more opportunity <laughs> away. So so yeah. I think you, yeah. you always want to have – I think it's good to know that investing is simple in the, in the sense that any half-intelligent person can prosecute that very effectively um, over time and build really significant wealth. But don't kid yourself. Like it is, it is something that you do need to take seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, if you treat it like a casino is another quote, you know, you'll get the same outcome. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And so, so I, I feel as though particularly these days where you've got this really, really great alternative of just buying a broad-based low-cost index ETF, adding mm-hmm. to it regularly, just, just do that, right, if you, if you don't want to do anything else. If you're going to be a stock picker, then just take – Take on board with that that it does require a lot of work. And that's cool because I think if you enjoy it, which I thoroughly do, it's actually a, a great pursuit in and of it, even in and of its own uh, mm-hmm. worth. But but it is it is a lot of work. And it's it's not something that is that is super easy. If it was super easy to outperform the market, everyone would outperform the market. Yeah. And if everyone outperformed the market, well, we'd we'd all be performing in line with the market. It, <laughs> it just right. it, it doesn't work, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. so treat it with respect. It is accessible, accessible, mm-hmm. accessible mm-hmm. for anyone, but yep. but treat it with respect. That's a great a great start, mate. I um, 
and it's fascinating too. I don't know how many of these quotes today are going to be are going to be you know great investing quotes aren't you should use your you know thirteen point four five six percent as your weighted average cost of capital <laughs> or uh, you know you should discount your your discounted cash flow by thirteen point four percent for the first six years and then two point five percent after that and your terminal value should be this. It's mm. actually the stuff that actually matters, as you say. It's the way we approach it, the way we do what we do, all that kind of good stuff, mm. right? Mm. So yep. it's it, it's a really really good point, and I think I think it's a great highlight both. As you say, that um, good investing is pretty straightforward, right? Just getting more back than you outlaid over a reasonable amount of time. But getting to that point, finding those opportunities are hard. With everything that's going on, um, to try and make you do more stuff or believe you have to be different or whatever it is, it's um, keeping your temperament in check is and, super and, important. And do you know the hardest part of it is is probably just the sticking to it part? Yeah. So like, there's a lot of yeah. things that are hard in it, but but just sticking yeah. with it. It's it's like diet and exercise. Like that that's simple, right? Like you know, yeah. you know that a pack of chips isn't great for you. You know that an apple probably is. It's you don't so have to true. be a nutritionist, so, right? It's so, it's such a yeah. good parallel. Yeah, that's a great example. But yeah. but eating well and exercise. I mean, yes. That's really yes. everyone knows how hard that is, particularly at this uh-huh. time of year, right? So it's the same. It's the same thing. And it's human nature stuff too, right? Like that, I mean, we're working too far off the track. We've got another five or so quotes to get through. But to that to that point, we know it's true. We're fighting against our own human biology, which is mm-hmm, salt, sugar, fat, want more, mm. want more. We mm. have to make ourselves not do it. It's, it's those innate things that are natural in investing as well, which is put it away. Don't worry about it. Don't think about it. I, I've written a, a while ago that I think maybe investors should, should be spending more time, well, this might be self-serving, with winemakers and whiskey makers, right? The guy who says, I'm going to make this whiskey, and put it aside for 12 years. I might not even be here when it comes out of the cask and gets bottled. But I'm going to make what I think is right. I'm going to let it do its thing. I'm going to come back in 12 years and hopefully I've created something of, of even more value mm. than the water and you know spirit that went into the, into the cask. Winemaker is the same thing, right? I'm going, to, I'm, going to, I'm going to grow the grapes or buy the grapes. I'm going to harvest them. I'm going to press them. I'm going to bottle them. I'm going to put them away. And in 3, 5, 7, 10, 12, 15 years, I'm going to come back and hopefully I've created something of value. Yeah. Imagine if you're a whiskey maker, you checked it every, you know, three or four times a day, five days a week <laughs> for, for 12 years, right? Yeah. Oh, maybe I should change that. Oh, I'm not sure if that's working out very well. Oh, no, I might tip this out. I might start again because what I think I might do this time is, it's just so tempting. It's so obvious, so accessible. Just make it like whiskey, make it like wine. You know, you don't have mm. to necessarily ignore it for 12 years, but put it down and go, yeah, that's pretty good. It's about right. It's still it's delayed gratification is what it is. Yeah, I mean, when I've got yeah. a certain amount of shekels in my pocket and I can go, yeah. I can take that right now and I can go out with my mates and have a wonderful time um, or I yep. could not and delay that and have <laughs> exactly. an even better time in 10 years. Exactly, you know? exactly. Helps that I don't have many mates, mate, but that's a whole different conversation. Let's go to my first one. I, I'm going to start with an investing quote that's actually not about investing. Okay. It's But it is about temperament, it is about money, and it is about the ability to actually put some of this into practice because if you don't have the cash... The investing stuff doesn't matter. If you're not literally saving the money, you can't do it. And this is from Great Expectations. The character was Mr. McCorber, one of Charles Dickens' more famous characters and one of his more famous books. And you'll have to stick with me with the uh, with the old currency. Uh, for those young whippersnappers, there was a time when we actually had paper money and a time before that uh, when it was actually in pounds, shillings and pence. But stick with me. Mr. McCorber said, annual income, 20 pounds. Annual expenditure, 19 pounds, 19 and 6 Result, happiness. Annual income, 20 pounds. Annual expenditure, 20 pounds, naught and six. Result, misery. Now, let's put it in Australian. Let's put it in dollars. Let's put it in common uh, common parlance. Uh, you know, average income, oh, sorry, annual, annual income, $50,000. Annual expenditure, $49,500. Result, happiness. If you earn 50 grand a year and you're spending 50 and a half grand a year, the result is misery. You can't continue to spend more than you 
earn. You need to be able to put some money aside. You need to make this work for you. Everything else we do on this podcast is useless. You are literally wasting your time listening to this podcast until and unless you're able to actually spend less than you earn. Finance 101, I know you probably know it, but again, like the diet stuff that Andrew was talking about, knowing it and doing it are two very, very different things. Maybe this year, maybe, think about how you can save a little bit more money. Just because at the end of the day, we can help you get slightly better returns, hopefully, with this podcast, but you can do much more than we could ever hope to do, ever dream of doing for you by just saving a bit of extra money over a long period of time and letting time do the work. I like that one. I, I did not expect that from Isn't you. That uh, out of out one. of left field. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish it was. I wish you, uh, you know it, it loses some in the in the uh, the imperial currency, the pound, shillings, and pence. Doesn't quite come across quite so well. Um, it's just it's just and you know it's like I said about shoulders of giants, right? I don't know how many hundred years ago this was written. I have no idea. I can't even remember um, how, how old Charles Dickens was or how long ago he wrote. But that idea is not new, right? This is this is a this is a century old point about you know ancient Egyptians and others. It was pretty clear. If you can save a few bob, you can make a few bob. If you can't save the money, it doesn't matter how smart you are, how well you might invest. Uh, even you, know, it just it makes no difference. You literally have to have the money. This is the fuel, right? This is the stuff that actually money makes money. This is the stuff that makes the world go around, but it also makes the investing journey work. And as I said, if you, you double the amount of money you save, you can't double your returns. You can't double your money in a year. If you can tw- save twice as much money, Take it from $1,000 to $2,000. Take it from two to four. Take it from four to eight. Whatever you're saving now. Try really, really hard to save a few more, Bob. Uh, that will do much, much just by definition, much more for you than anything you could do investing-wise and returns-wise. Just, it's just going to turbocharge your returns. It brings forward your retirement by years and years and years and years. It takes a whole lot of financial stress out of your life. Uh, we know relationship breakdowns are mostly over money. There's just so many things that this is worth doing for. Um, just financial freedom. Do it. Can I, save can I, a bit more. Go. Yeah, I like it, mate. Can I say something controversial in regard to that? Sure. (laughs) Um, uh, So I 100% obviously agree, but I do not like the idea of budgets. I'm going to put that out there. Oh, okay. I like the the idea of budgets. I don't, I just, like New Year's resolutions, I just don't find them overly (laughs) practical because it's just, it's hard to plan for a lot of these things. And sometimes it gets too complicated as to be Mm. too onerous and the rest of it. Mm -hmm. The way I've always approached it is I actually start with my savings first. So I look yeah. at, okay, I'm earning this. So I, rather than here's all my expenditure and, oh, what have love I got it, left it. over to save? Yep. I start with I want to put 50 bucks a week aside, 100 whatever it is. I don't know, maybe you're a surgeon, 1000 bucks a week aside, whatever it is. First. Yep. Pay yep. yourself yep. first and then my budget is do whatever the hell you like. Yeah, right. <laughs> right, just go for it. But my, but that money's <laughs> gone, right? It's yeah. out the door before. Yep. And if you can set up an auto saver with a, I know an ING or something like that, which just basically takes it out the day that your paycheck comes in. That's the easiest budgeting that you'll ever do, mm-hmm. and yeah. and it's just, you're far Agreed. more likely to stick at it. So just Agreed. you don't 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 get a spreadsheet out and do like a 400 row budget because you won't stick to it, and it's just it's a waste of time. I, w- I will make one exception to that, mate. I'll disagree with your disagreement, only to say that for some people it absolutely is the right solution. And if you're one of those people, go for it. I know some people who make gaming like games out of it. They gamify their financial lives. And they work on how they can save a little bit here, a little bit there, and save a little bit more this month. And you so I completely like I one million percent agree. Just pay yourself first is non-negotiable. Mm-hmm. When you get paid, transfer an amount of money into your investing account, and it never, ever, ever, ever comes back. Yep. That's just how you do, right? And yep. you can't. To your point, mate, you, there's always a reason not to save that money at the end of the month. Mm. There's always the present you have to buy, or the jeans you have to buy, or the car that needs fixing, or the new. Or the emergency or that comes along, or the right, thing out right. of left field. Yeah. So, you know, pay yourself, please pay yourself first. But but also, I, I, I'm not disagreeing for the sake of it, but I, I do know there are some people whose personality just lends itself to 
making a fun game out of this whole budgeting, beating the budget thing. I'm going to put aside 20 bucks yeah. a, a week for lunches and I'm going to try to get down to 15 and save an extra five bucks because it just it makes oh, them yeah. happy and actually sure, it works sure, for sure, them sure. rather than against them, which I Yeah, but like. you know what though? That kind of person is okay. <laughs> they don't nah. need, the kind of person who's going to that level probably <laughs> need our help. They're not <laughs> the ones who, who need budgetary help. I'm talking about sort of other people who, who again, have the right spirit. Yeah, pay yourself first. Yeah. There you go. So yes, I, I love it, mate. Yes, that's a, that's a great addition to Mister. I don't think Mister. McCorber had auto uh, auto paycheck uh, uh, transfers at the time. I don't know they had that. Option, probably not. But, um, probably no. not. But but hopefully, if he had a little a little sack where he could put his couple of shekels, as you say, it might have might have done some some good for him. Mate, let's let's move on from uh, Mister. McCorber. We've had uh, spending a little bit less than you earn. We've had investing being simple but not easy from Mister. Buffett. What's your next great investing quote? I'm actually going to go to an entrepreneur, uh, Jeff Bezos. Uh, he's a controversial character. He's done mm. some amazing things with Amazon and maybe not so great with some of his employees. That's a whole other kettle of fish. But nevertheless, <laughs> yeah. he said some interesting things That's over the years. And he's, he was asked once about investing in disruptive innovation. And he was talking about how it's sort of the very act of doing that ferments a lot of misunderstanding. Um, and he says, there are a few prerequisites to investing. Um, you have to be willing to fail, you have to be willing to think long-term, and you have to be willing to be mis- misunderstood for long periods of time. Oh. And I think I think that just really resonates for go, me. Go again bit by bit, mate, because there's, there's so much in there. Three, three key points, go again. You have to be willing to fail. Willing to fail, okay, so taking some risks, but hopefully setting the odds in your favour, yep. Yeah, and we, we've talked about it all the time, you know, six yep. out of ten is a good strike rate, you know, so you, you're going to fail. It's not a question of if, yeah, so you've got you to be, be willing it. to fail. It's yep. going to happen to you. Uh, not overall, I mean, in specific spe- specific investments will definitely yeah. fail. Yeah. Um, you have to be willing to think long term, and that's really hard. Mm-hmm. Um, the, 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 really, that's that's... It sounds easier than it is, but those that can have a have a massive edge. And I also think here's the hard one: you have to be willing to be misunderstood for long periods uh, of, <laughs> at a time. If there is a stock out there on the market that is stonkingly good value, yeah, um, well, it's there because most people actually don't think that. You know, most people have been getting rid of it, which is why the share price is down. So you're so you're always sort of by definition, betting against the market, betting against the consensus. Yes. The market price tells you what everyone thinks on average mm. and you're saying it's wrong. And <laughs> you, the, it's it's really the height of arrogance to think that the day you buy shares in a company is the day that everyone else <laughs> figures out that, oh, actually, maybe it is really cheap, <laughs> yeah. you know? And yeah. so, so the, the best investments you'll ever make will look really dumb mm-hmm. for a long period of time. And yeah. if you're so uncomfortable true. with that, then so it's, just, it's just going to be really hard to, to, to make money. Mm. I think that's I, I think that's where I, I I own Amazon shares, but I'm not going to I'm not going to disagree with Jeff Bezos. But being misunderstood is his version, I think, because he's a business builder, so he's doing the things. I think I think for an investor, it's almost like be disagreed with, right, or or, or have have the market just think you're wrong for long periods mm-hmm. of time because yeah. no one really misunderstands what I do because no one really knows the market doesn't know what I own. It doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't you know doesn't misunderstand me. It just disagrees with me. It just thinks as you say that you buy the company shares. And and I think that's that is so right. We we got we do our stock of the week videos uh, on on YouTube as well as on uh, on this podcast, of course. And we got a, a, a tweet, uh, sorry, a comment on YouTube. And it was like three or four weeks after we'd done it, saying, "Oh, you guys were wrong, weren't you?" It's like, and, I, and my response was like, "I don't know. Like so far, the shares are down, sure, but you know, to, to imagine that we would we would all of a sudden have this great turnaround just because we happen to express an opinion, like, you know, it's it's a remarkable arrogance if we thought that. It's a remarkable arrogance of anyone other investor do it and ex- assume that." And it's really, really misunderstanding the approach of investing if you're saying four weeks, three weeks later, 
well, you guys were wrong, weren't you? It's like, well, no, that wasn't the, the – and, you know, we made very clear we're long-term investors. That's how we do this. Um, it's just – it's crazy to imagine that it might have been that quick and that, that sudden, but that's where you end up, right? That's the, well, as we said that's last week, if you find the person who's saying, you know, that, that seemingly gets it right every time after they buy, something's fishy. <laughs> it's too good to be true. They're Correct, either, you know something's they're going either lying or incredibly lucky, and either way it's mm-hmm. not going to end well. Exactly, exactly. Mate, um, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Um, let's uh, go to another one from me. This one, well. Your quote, like, you're quoting yourself. Oh, that'd be a good idea. I could, should I? <laughs> Scott, Scott's favourite. Scott's best investment. I love that. No, I mean, I'm, I'm going to share one with you. Oh, I see. Uh, although I am, I'm happy to quote my. I, I have, you know what's funny? I, they're, not, they're, not, they're not quotes, right? Not, no, one, no one cares. But there is something I think about investing, just a quick tangent as you, as you mentioned that, which is when you start to isolate some stuff that's important and you put it in your own words, they can actually become your own touchstones. So yeah. I would say we should learn from the experts and, and put those down. One of my favourites is be slow to buy and slower to sell. That, I think that's, that's a nice one. Yeah. Yep, I and like I, I think and it's, not, it's not quotable. It's not, no one's going to put it in a bloody, you know, um, it's not going to be a meme on the internet anytime soon. But once you kind of start to have those things, once you crystallise them in your own mind, it gives you that idea of, okay, here's how I'm going to go about what I do. And that becomes almost, it's like, it's not like, it's a bit wanky. Like, you know, not, you know how companies have values and their purpose and mission statement and stuff. It's a little bit like that to some degree. It's like, how do I invest? And the more you can kind of determine for yourself what that is, and then kind of, not exactly codify it, but kind of be able to describe it in a way that you can then absorb and talk, think about yourself in that third person kind of way, it does really change your investing. You know, that when I, when I learned that slow to buy and slower to sell lesson from selling dominoes too cheaply way back in the day, it's absolutely changed everything I do since. And having that experience and having that um, realisation and, and being able to codify that for myself, I am now someone who does this thing. It happens to be I'm now someone who is slow to buy and slower to sell. And I think it really has improved my investing, quite honestly. Having something as a touchstone to go back to every time I'm tempted to, you know, bad, bad report out from this company or shares up by this company or whatever, I just go back to that. So I think that, that is actually important. Mm. But I'm not going to quote myself, mate, at least not this time. That's a bonus one, if you like that one. <laughs> uh, there's a couple out there. Um, oh, I'm going to share one more from me, actually, just because when I mentioned my other one. <laughs> I shouldn't have said not, anything. Not, not to <laughs> quoting myself. This, these are bonus ones. Don't worry about that. Um, I, I've used this before, mate. I think I'm pretty sure I've used it since you've been back. But, uh, you know, when we're often tempted to think about companies in from our own frame of reference, right? They're successful, but they shouldn't be, so therefore I'm not going to buy the shares. Or, you know, that, that can't possibly be true. can't possibly happen. And so for me, like Flight Centre, right? Again, pre-COVID, let's go all the way back. Everyone's been telling Flight Centre they're going to die since 1995, right? And they keep delivering, they keep growing. And so when I was asked about Flight Centre, we we've still got a recommendation. It's on hold for obvious reasons. Um, but I, I came up with more relevant to more people more frequently. And so that idea of mm. just, it, it, it's just describing growth, right? But if you can find a business that's attracting more customers, they're spending more money with the business and they're spending that money more frequently, that tells you they're doing something right. And it's just, it, it's, it's not, it's, it's almost too wordy, right? Because it's growing. <laughs> you know, regardless of what I think it shouldn't be, regardless of what I think it should do or not do, how well it should go or not go, if it's growing, <laughs> you know, you want profit growth. And I'm not a fan of just revenue growth alone. But if you're getting revenue growth, you're simply doing something right. You're, you're convincing more people to spend money with you this year than they did last year. I can't, that tells I, you something about a business. Go on. I, I, I 100% agree. So there's, as you know, I like small caps. I like early yep. stage uh, as a business, uh, uh, as an area to, to invest. 
Yep. Having said that, I don't I don't think I ever have or well, I probably have at some stage, but I, I wouldn't <laughs> ever invest in a pre-revenue company yes, because every company – well, I was actually a few came up on the call today when I was doing it and it's like they've got some really cool stuff that they're doing mm-hmm. and they're in some really exciting areas and maybe they've got every chance of succeeding. But I've just seen this movie before. Um, you know, the best intentions <laughs> yeah, right. just so often don't yeah, play out. Yeah. When you see – even if it's pre-profit but there are mm-hmm. sales there, like mm-hmm. it, as you said before, maybe it's something in business to business business or a, a market or an industry that yeah. you're not familiar yeah. with and the company can talk up its total addressable market and how it's <laughs> going to revolutionize the world. That's all yeah. great. Yeah. But yeah. when actual customers are buying actual goods or services <laughs> from you right. at an ever increasing yeah. rate yeah. Yeah. in a competitive yeah. market, that is a really, really, it guarantees nothing, but it's a really, really strong signal. And, up, and I, I just, it's one of those musts for me. I can put up with a lot of rubbish if there's really just strong top line growth. Yeah, so yeah, I think that's it's just it's just something worth bearing in mind. All right, anyway, back to the quote I wanted to share with you, which is actually one from Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett's business partner, and it's this is kind of we've talked about this a little bit on and off, and and again, it's it's just re. Nothing other should be new, by the way. If, if any of these quotes are new to you as, as, as listeners, you haven't been listening very long because, you know, we don't talk about that much stuff. We, you know, investing isn't that hard, as we say. We make a, a two hours a week worth a podcast on pretty much four or five key tenets. So you've probably worked out that by now if you're still listening. But Munger said, the big money, the big money is not in the buying and the selling, but in the waiting. Mm. And I just love that idea that some people say, oh, you got to buy at a really good price. Some people say, oh, you got to sell at a really good price. And it's, it's we, yeah because again we, you know your, your your comment the other day ran about the you know man's inability to sit in a room alone who was who was that by again do you remember I went to that to you anyway uh, Mungus uh, yeah. <laughs> Mung, point is that that's where the money is actually made so not, not only not only are the problems you know it's not in the buying the buying or the selling is where we, we focus right because we're 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 creatures of action if I buy well or I sell well then I'm doing a thing. And me doing that thing appeals to my ego because I've created some value. I've done the thing and the thing is now good because I've done it. And if it's not working yet, I'll do something to make it happen. We are just, you know, we're so desperately keen to be active, to be, you know, kind of, sort of make, taking some sort of control, having an action. Um, it's in every bloody motivational, you know, book out there. Don't just sit there, do something, you know, be the solution, all that kind of rubbish. Munger's like, no, no, no. Don't just yeah, you've got to buy a decent price. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to be a good business. Yeah, you know, don't sell it too cheaply, of course. But the money is in the waiting. The compounding that happens while you're just letting the companies do their thing, that's where the big money is made. I think that's just so, so important. And again, it's just a lovely, lovely way Munger puts it. The big money is not in the buying and the selling, but in the waiting. I think it's really great. I, I, I really love that. I could have easily used that as one of mine. It's such a great quote. Um, it's so true too. I mean, I, I've got plenty of regrets in my investing career, like everyone. Mm. Mm. But my biggest regrets aren't the stocks that I bought that went down massively. The biggest regrets (laughs) by a country mile are stocks that I bought at a dollar and sold at two Mm. and thought I was a genius because, hey, you never go broke taking a profit. (laughs) And I just made, I just doubled my money in six months time. Look look out world, here's the next Warren Buffett. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I look back on some of those companies today (laughs) that would literally be 10 or 20 baggers, which are just, that's, that is the name of regret and the face of regret. Oh, so, and, and the other thing, I just think about it logically. I mean, it, whenever people sort of say, oh, I wish I could have gone and bought that company mm. at this price, it, it was never because it went up 30% in one financial year or 50% <laughs> or anything. It was, it was the real estate.com that compounded, yeah. that went yep. 60X yep. over a decade. It was the Amazon. Yeah. It was the Tesla. It was these companies that just go parabolic and just <laughs> compound away. That's what makes you all the money. Mm-hmm. Um, the trouble is as well, let's say that you are 
you are managing to do that, you know, buy and, mm. and, and flip it a short time later and maybe make a yeah. 20 or 30% every time you do that. The yeah. trick is, is you have to keep pulling that same rabbit out of the, the hat so that the, the probabilistic yeah. nature of things just goes against you. So it's, cause it's just so hard to do consistently. So you have to have a really, really, really high strike rate for that to work, particularly when you factor in the taxes and the transaction costs and all, all the rest of it, as opposed to maybe you only have to get one, Hundred bagger, right? Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And that's all that matters. So, so, and nothing else. Literally, nothing else matters. Nothing right. else matters. If, yep. Again, just to use yep. the world. I'll use the Aussie context. If I'd gone back and bought mm-hmm. ten stocks in two thousand, one of them happened to be realestate.com, mm-hmm. and I didn't do any, and the rest went to zero. I have done so insanely well. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's amazing. Isn't it? um, so I love that. Just, just all good things to those that wait. Love it. I love it. Really, really nice one. How about you, mate? What's your next investing quote? So this one is from Elon, um, another controversial character. Never heard of him. What is he, what's he doing? Uh, he makes, he makes, he, he changes paradigms, my friend. Uh, he, he makes <laughs> rockets and electric like cars. And- He's paying $11 billion in taxes, apparently. I saw a, a tweet uh, today. <laughs> Oh really? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's which must really suck because he's only got about two hundred and something billion left. So he's really going to be sad about that. I keep sure. getting into an argument with a friend of mine about Elon, oh, who's just not a fan, and and I was sort of like, uh, my response <laughs> is, I'm sure Newton and you know maybe Albert Einstein were annoying people, and maybe they had some, you know there's a lot of any great person from history, I'm sure, was a bit of a dick <laughs> at a point, but it's more like you've got to respect the guy for what he has done. So anyway, um, uh, I would say this. He he says, well, not, not I would say, he would say, you should take the approach that you're wrong. Your goal is to be less wrong. Oh, and that's cool. I that's really, cool. really, really like it. The yeah. world is is way too complicated for you to be yeah. on the money all the time. Yeah, so you, we're right. really just trying to get us who's who's sort of the closest to whatever objective truth that is out there. The yeah. trouble, but, but I love it as, as a mindset thing because when mm. you assume you're right, you're blind to the things that tell you otherwise. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, and you're not looking for them. Um, so true. When you when you accept that you are probably wrong, at least yeah. in, you don't have to be wrong wholesale or completely 100% wrong, mm. but you, you can be wrong in a lot of subtle different ways. Mm. When you're aware of that, you, you're constantly looking for things that will either confirm or deny your thesis. And you're looking to build <laughs> yeah. that all of the time. But yeah. you just don't have that when you have the arrogance of certainty. Um, and so- yeah, assume that you're wrong and try and be less wrong. And if you just continue to iterate on that again and again and again, you'll go far. What I like about that, mate, and I, I'm not a massive Elon Musk fan as an individual either. I, he doesn't strike me as a particularly likable bloke. Um, genius yeah. and super smart and hopefully mankind will be better off for his efforts. So, you know, so bet. Um, He's a strange cat. He's a strange cat. But what I like about it, mate, is it's, a, it's unusual humility actually from Elon, to be fair. He's, he's not known for his humility or his, um, his bashfulness. But um, what, what I like is he didn't even say, he didn't even say, you know, be more right. Mm. He didn't even say do things better mm. or be right more often. And what I like about that, he starts with the negative and there's a certain humility about that again, which is not what I ever associate with Elon. But it's just the very idea of, you know, you, you, are, you are going to be wrong. <laughs> Be less wrong. Not even be right. Just, mm. just you know, improve your strike rates slightly. Yeah. You know, do a few less things badly. Just, just kind of iterate away, and just try and try and you know cover up some of that. Not cover up as in hide them. But, you know, make up for some of those problems. Do, do, do. Identify a problem in your theory. Just, just fix that one thing. That little thing. You'll still be wrong in other stuff. Just be a little bit less wrong by doing that thing. Mm. Um, it also doesn't set you up for needing to be right. You know, you talk, you talk about the diet stuff and the. 
news resolution stuff of, you know, kind of missing a little bit and kind of going, well, the whole thing's all over. It's not working anymore. Yeah. And that's that's the point. It's not saying be right and oh, I'm wrong again. I'll bugger it. Okay, we'll give up. It's like, just be a little bit little bit less wrong. Yeah. And I really I really like that. It's, it's, a, it's a pathway out of something. Um, Investing-wise, mate, how would you characterise that? Is there, is there a... Is there a way that you think we, you, uh, our listeners can be less wrong? How would you take that to an investing angle or investing application? Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, so I guess for any particular stock that I'm holding or company that I'm holding, I've, I've got a, mm. I've got a some kind of mental narrative. I've got a story. We're all story-driven mm-hmm. creatures, right? There's a story there. And I think that that's hopefully a very accurate reflection of reality. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm just trying to refine that at all times. So there'll be a new company, ASX announcement. Um, there'll be a new bit of news. Uh, there'll be something that occurred mm-hmm. in the industry. So you just you sort of form the best opinion that you can with the available facts that are there, and yeah. then you just constantly get new information. So I'm always just trying to take that and then fit that next puzzle piece into this overall puzzle. And sometimes you'll find it just doesn't go anywhere, mm-hmm. which is potentially a problem. Like it, if yeah. if it's not yeah. fitting anywhere, either this new information is flawed, or if it's not flawed, then your thinking is flawed. And if your thinking is flawed, you could lose a lot of money. So you need to, <laughs> you need to be on that. And you're, you're building, you're building Frank, it's maybe a house of cards is the wrong uh, word here, but you are, you're, you're building something from a foundation up and it comes from a very simple place. Hey, what do these guys do? Oh yeah. Okay. They do business to business software. Okay. Oh, how, how, who are their customers? And, you know, you just, you're layering mm, stuff mm. on top of that all of the time. And the, the deeper you get into a business and the more that you understand it the bigger that sort of thing becomes so it's not about and i think the one you've done that for a while you actually you just do tend or trend towards something that is is more likely to be closer to the objective truth mm. but you just constantly just you know chipping away here adding there just refining it to make sure that it's all correct or you know or as as as, as close as to your best guess as correct is mm. Um, mm. i think i think that's how i do it every now and again you do come across some i mentioned a few podcasts ago i sold out some shares in integrated research held them for years mm. had a really and i just you know i just more over the last year or two a few bits of information just came that i just couldn't really fit into my existing narrative and so I just had to reach the conclusion. Well, I either reached the conclusion that I'm wrong on this one. Um, in fact, where I reached the conclusion was I'm not actually sure if I'm wrong, which is as good as yeah. being wrong. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and so, so that's an that's an example of having built up a pretty decent understanding of a business, mm-hmm. and then finally pulling the pin because reality is not matching up with with the narrative. I think that's important, man. Reality, reality wins, right? Like you can you explain anything away, but if, it's, if the reality is not working, it's like well, telling telling reality it's wrong is not a very smart strategy. No, no. Motley Fool Money. For more, subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. Mate, I'll finish off. And and look, it wouldn't be a Motley Fool Money podcast if we didn't finish off with a quote from who? Yeah, Warren Buffett. Mr. Buffet. So... Here's um, and this is again like it's uh, most of we're saying is temperament, right? Again, I'll, I'll reiterate it. That's the, no no one no one's doing quotes on discounted cash flows and weighted average cost of capital. Maybe because they don't make great quotes. Probably because um, the the things that actually matter, and we've said this multiple times the last couple of weeks, things that really matter are going to be the the things that you can control and the elements of your own temperament that make a difference. And Buffett said, investors should remember that excitement and expenses are their enemies. Ooh, I like that. Isn't that good? And yeah. just, again, typical Buffett, like he's super, super um, quotable, uh, super, super useful. I So we've done a little bit about excitement, right? Munger's quote that I mentioned before was pretty much about exactly that, the activity, the stuff going on. And I'll just, I'll just add to that a little bit because you think about the meme stocks of the last couple of years, right? Think about the... 
the, the exciting stuff that's happening. Think about the stuff that gets written in the AFR. That's where the excitement is. And we don't want to miss out. And we just, you know, it, it's, we, all, we all think we're serious news consumers, right? You know what the most popular stories are on the SMH or the, the Age or the, the Australian? They're the Britney Spears stories, right? And we all say, there should be less clickbait in newspapers. And what do we do? We all click on the clickbait. Why is it clickbait? Because it works. That's the point, right? Mm. And so we all, we all say, oh, that's terrible, terrible. Shouldn't do that. No, they shouldn't do that. Shouldn't do serious news. What do we click on? We click on the excitement stuff. We we don't you know, think about even the business stories, right? I've, I've said this before, mate, uh, and you'll remember this from from the old days at the Fool. When you get a group of investors together, what what are they talking about? They're talking about the new soap opera in investing. You know, the 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 the, the, the scandal of the company that goes gets taken under. So all about Magellan the, this week, for example. Right, exactly. Yeah. Or a few weeks ago, because we're recording this in advance. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, and and see, so we all get sucked. We all get sucked into the soap opera. And what do we talk about? The things that are in the headlines. Or the exciting things, or the things where someone, so and so's doing this to so and so, right? It's the personality stuff, and again, that's that's why I'll say women's magazines, and I don't mean it to be gendered. I just mean that you know the usual things called like Women's Weekly, New Idea, Women's Day, that stuff. And for the blokes, honestly, same kind of thing with football players or whatever else. We talk about all those stories. The headlines don't go to the great play on on Sunday afternoon in the footy. They go to the the rugby player who did the wrong thing on Tuesday night, you know, and got caught on Instagram or Snap. Talk or tick snap or something, that um, you know. It's 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 the human stories that grab us, and it makes kind of sense biologically. Like it absolutely makes sense, but it's completely useless. The the excitement factor of oh that's interesting. I'm going to get stuck into that. Oh that gets the kind of brain going. You know the endorphins or the dopamine or whatever things we have in our brains that get excited when stuff happens. That's the excitement. Mm. It's, it's just not the stuff of investing. Right? Investing, arguably, you'll disagree with this, Andrew, because I know you like the sport of investing. But investing should largely be boring, right? It should a lot of stuff shouldn't happen. Make the interesting stuff, the digging through the business models and understanding businesses and finding good stuff, not the stuff that goes on in the front pages every day that you have to kind of keep up with, the latest rolling headline, the news breaking. It's like that's, that's, it's, that's the stuff that, that kind of, you know, attracts our, our animal brains, but it's not very good for investing. So that's the excitement stuff. The expensive mm. stuff I've talked about before, you've talked about before, mate. Um, Buffett's given a, a longer analogy on this to talk about, you know, the fact that across the market, everybody, if you add all the investors up together, we all get the market return less the fees that we pay to people like me, people like you, and people like our peers in other areas. So by definition, at a total market level, all of these, he calls them the helpers, capital H helpers, are actually sucking value out of the market. Now, some of us are beating the market, some of us aren't, some of us are adding value, some of us aren't. But his broad idea is, if market capitalization of the ASX goes up by, I don't know, $100 million in a day, uh, but I've charged $1,000, you charge $1,000, then net-net, <laughs> you know, the, the average investor loses out by paying more fees. I talked a lot about uh, superannuation. I think one of the greatest scandals of super is some of the fees that are charged by superannuation funds for doing what others are doing for half the price, literally half the price. Mm. And our, our inability, our unwillingness to change super funds that we just get given bamboozled by the whole thing. Um, that expenses are just own goals. If you're not, if you're not, if you're, if you're paying more than you should be and you're not getting more for it, if you get more for it, knock yourself out. I'm a big fan of pay for performance, right? If I'm beating the market, you stick with me. If I lose to the market, go to someone else. Don't pay me money to, to lose to the market. That's crazy behavior. Um, so, you know, if, mm. if you're getting value for money, go for it. If you're doing better than you otherwise would, that's fantastic. But don't pay fees for underperformance. Don't pay too much even for outperformance. If you get the same performance for cheaper fee, go and do that because I'm not going to give you any extra for it. All you get is the performance that you get. The fees are going to detract from that no matter what you are and what you're doing. Mm, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> go on, give me a butt. You're so, you're so right, okay? So I'm not, I'm not but. saying but, – but you can interpret what you said differently. So one, one, of the, one of the big mistakes that people make is that mm-hmm. they – 
they, they reach a point where they need to make a decision as to what, what fund manager or whatever I'm going to go with. Mm-hmm. And they very naturally look around at the performance tables or, and go, oh, this guy's performed really well. This girl over here's done really great, whatever. And they go with yep. that. Yeah. Um, and you're right that if someone is not delivering, um, you probably need to change. But that. Yep. But but I would be careful. Like one swallow does not a summer make. You know. Correct. So someone who's had a good run doesn't mean necessarily mean they're the next investing legend. Someone oh, who's totally. had a really Absolutely. bad bad run. So it's that's that's where it gets a little bit trickier. So yes. and I, we've we've often said too of some of the best investors and fund managers I know of have had period, long periods of underperformance. They've done stonkingly well over the, over the long term, yep. and I expect yep. that to be the case. But no one, no Buffett himself has underperformed for ages recently for years he's underperformed um does that mean that you throw everything away and sell all your shares in berkshire so i know what you're saying but i just wanted to add that layer into it it. yep make make sure that you're not confusing short-term volatility with underperformance i I completely agree it's more well here's the thing right i think my, my broader point maybe is if you don't have reason to believe that you're going to achieve superior performance then don't pay someone some fees like you know don't don't waste your money we've got super funds out that are underperforming have for years and they charge probably twice as much, probably more than that, as the cheapest. You know, you could go with Australian Super for tens of dollars a week, max. And I think I think something it's it's like fifty bucks a year and point something percent, right? Or you could pay literally two, three, four times that hmm. to get relative middling performance. Hmm. And so I'm not even I'm not even talking about. I mean, yes, I'm talking about investment performance fees, but just generally, right? Um, unless you have reason to believe someone's going to outperform over the long term for you. Then don't pay them the fees. Go and go mm. go with a cheaper option, right? Because the only thing you can control, you can't control the investment manager's performance. You can control the fees. Yeah, and yep. so just keep keep that in mind. Hundred percent. We're yep. thinking about. Yep. Yep. It's um. So yes, excitement and expenses. If you can if you can keep both of those to a minimum, I like well, Warren Buffett. Because I like Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett himself says that you will do much much better. I think it's just it's just a no brainer, right? It just makes so much sense if you can if you can find a way to. Do the right thing. Um, keep those things out. Just kind of, you know, keep it almost boring. The, 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 act, the, art of, the act of investing should be boring, right? By all means, get excited about the finding the companies. I said the business models, like, not nerd out, nerd out the bugger, like, knock yourself out. Mm. But don't make don't make the daily movements of investing your excitement because it's just going to bring you down. It's going yep. to kill you. Yep. Yep. Nicely said. I think we're done, mate. Can I do a bonus one? Oh yeah. You only, got one. Only 40 minutes in. Yeah, um, you got one. Uh, I, I like this one from Howard Marks, who I'm quite fond of. Um, he says, you people should like investing – sorry, people should like something less when its price rises, but investing, <laughs> they often <laughs> like it more. <laughs> it is so true. so true. Isn't it true? It's like, we're mad. Like any I was just other- saying the other day about of our biology, right? Investing is literally – if you're going to invent someone to screw with humans, you would invent investing because exactly as you say, it's all, all completely – Backside about. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, I've often said, like, if you're buying socks, T-shirt, <laughs> car, anything in this life, you want the lowest price possible. If oh, if things mad, get cheaper it? on the market, everyone hates it. And yeah. if something doubles in price, everyone loves yep. it. Yep. It uh, just doesn't always, it doesn't make sense. I mean, all else being equal, a rising price is, is a lower, lowering your return potential. I know. It's By bad, definition. It? By yeah, definition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, I should also say, um, because there's always <laughs> nuance and subtlety, sometimes yep. share prices go up and things get even more valuable because the, the yep. business is actually delivering and maybe much better than anyone thought. And even though the price has gone up, it actually should go mm. up a lot more. So that, that's that's yep. also true. But just just the, just liking it because the share price has mm. gone up, that's that's the crazy mm. part. Mm. It's um, it's fascinating. I think I think it's human. I think we we kind of we're, we're social creatures, right? I think there's something 
I, I think we associate price with popularity. No one wants to be the unpopular kid. That's mm. that that is that's why value investors are, are so. Um, uh, what's the right word? <laughs> Choose your I, words I carefully. Say, I want to say weird, right? Because that, it's, it's almost the point. Like to, to be that person, to be that contrarian, you're like, you know, I get excited when everyone else hates me or I'm looking for stuff that no one else likes. It's such a contrary view to take. Like it's so mm. against our human nature. Mm. I think it's part of that idea of like if price is going up, everyone must like it. And if everyone likes it, then it must be good. And so if it's good, I should buy it. And it's almost that, like it's, it's a really, really weird industry. Sometimes it is absolutely true. Apple went from, I don't know, five to 3,300, whatever they've gone to. Um, you know, sometimes it's true that just stuff goes up for the right reasons. In fact, David Gardner, who I mentioned last episode, actually looks for rising prices as an idea of trying to find good stocks. He's like, well, if they're doing something right, the share price is going up. So mm-hmm. I should look for those ideas and see if there's good businesses behind them, which actually also makes sense. Mm. Um, but just that very idea of trying to... Yeah, is it, do you reckon that is, is, it just feels like it's good to be popular? It's good to be with the cool kids. If everyone likes it, then it must be good. It must be right. I think, that's, I think is that the, the basic I think biology, do you reckon? I, probably right. And I also think too, just extrapolation is a very natural thing to do. If, if we mm-hmm. see a tennis ball being thrown through the air at a certain speed and velocity, <laughs> yeah. we expect yeah. that to kind of more or less sort of continue. You know, it's sort of, it just, and, and we do the same yeah, with right. stock prices. We, we don't say it's gone up. We say it's going up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it, it's true. Not, not that the price is down; the price is going down. Yes, you know, yes, when it could reverse tomorrow, true. for all we know. That's um, absolutely true. So we just we just push it forward, and yeah. and sometimes that sometimes there's a lot of legitimacy to that. But it's mm, just it's mm. it's a it's it's a too, it's too superficial a view. Yeah, and and as we've said many times before, it actually should be completely relevant, right? Yeah, it, it, it doesn't matter. The, it's you know the price today. The only thing that matters from today is what the future value is and is this cheap relative to that future value. That's it, full stop. Whether it's going up mm. or whether it's going down, if, if it's $5 now, it's going to be worth $10 in, in a year's time. Mm. Whether it's gone from 10 to 5 or 1 to 5, if it's going to go to 10, that's the only thing that matters. No matter which direction it's been so far, it's what's coming next. So I, I really like that one, mate. It's a good... Um, it's a good quote for Howard Marks. Buffett also talks about the fact that investors are the only people who um, are happy that petrol prices are going up because they've got a full tank of petrol. <laughs> yeah, you know, no, I like that you, one. You, too, you have to yeah. refill the tank in a week's time, but you're like, oh, thank God the price is going up because I've got a full tank. I'm, yeah. I'm a genius. Like, <laughs> but I'm going to have to buy more. You know, it's the odd, and, and, you know, Buffett talks about being a net buyer, right? The idea of like, if you're going to keep buying stocks the rest of your life, mm. you want low prices. You want to st- that stuff to stay on sale. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he said, investors are like, are like people who you know, fill, fill the tank with petrol. Like, oh, thank God the price is going up. Look how valuable my tank is. You know, <laughs> so, well, you're going to use it all and go and buy some more. So you're in, you're in all sorts of trouble. So true. That's a, that's a good one to finish with. Mate, Tom, that has been a fun run through some of our favourite investing quotes. We should do that again. I think there's, there's some oh, really the, the fun we value We could have done this for like five hours. It was so hard to choose and there's so many more of them out there. So we, let's oh, definitely do it again. Completely. Are. We'll do that. There you go. Put it on your radar. We'll do it again. If you've got any favourite investing quotes of your own, let us know. Follow us on the Twitter machine uh, or the Facebook machine or the Instagram machine, although probably Twitter machine because Andrew is there with his exclusive eight-figure deal with Jack Dorsey, as I mentioned last week. <laughs> it's getting more valuable. It's going up every week. Um, jump, on, jump on Twitter at Sage underscore Simeon if you want to grab Ram or at Strawman Invest. I'm at TMF Scott P and The Motley Fool is at The Motley Fool AU. Throw us your favourite investing quotes. We'd love to find out if we're missing some. I think, I, you know what I really like, mate? I like when there's a quote. I hadn't heard the Bezos quote before. And I like the new quote. So if you've got a great investment quote you want us to know, particularly, well, you know, either way, if it's one that's super, super well-known, but you just love it, let us know. If there's one that you don't think we know or you found from a different location, what I love about um, about the new globalized world, mate, is there's a whole lot of great investing quotes from outside the usual canon, right? Outside the usual English-speaking, probably American, maybe British um, kind of pantheon of, of great investors and great quotes. There are often some great quotes from other countries or other cultures as well. So if you have any of those, 
also please let us know because that's lots of fun and gives us a bit more, a bit more scope and, and we'll share some of those with our listeners in the coming weeks. But until then, and in the meantime, full on. Cheers. The Motley Fool and people appearing in this program may have positions in the companies mentioned. General advice only. Please speak to your financial professional to understand how it may pertain to your situation. Subscribe to the free newsletter at fool.com.au forward slash listener. The Motley Fool operates under financial services licence 400691. Listener.